the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And Pastor Phil Howard on our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Hour number two. Welcome to it. Glad you're with us. And, uh, by the way, Truth For Today can be found... Online, truthfortodayradio.org, and also here on KFAX, weekdays, 5.30 in the morning, Sunday mornings at 8.30, and for the time being, wonderfully positioned just before Lifeline, 4.30 to 5. I love it. That's just amazing. So, anyway, it's the it's the ministry born out of Valley Bible Church in Hercules, where Pastor Phil Howard is Pastor Emeritus. Uh, the guy the Lord used to get everything started there. And we are talking about church. Uh, if you're just joining us, why? Why do we go to church? What's it all about? Alfie, as I said in hour number one, what what are we doing there? Uh, is it is it one hour or two hours a week that we, uh, we do a duty, or is there something more to it? And as we've seen, it all starts with exalting God. We've been called by God to come and worship him on his day. That's the start of it all. And from there, it feeds out to worshiping him, exalting him, uh, with every fiber of our being, every chance we get, not just one or two hours on the Lord's Day. But from there, and we kind of got started before we took our break and, and moved into hour number two, from exalting the Lord, we then go to the to the horizontal plane of, of all of this, and it's, it's equipping. That's the second one, isn't it? Phil? Yes, and Ephesians says that, to equip saints how to minister. And there's nothing more thrilling and to see your own child learn to duplicate things you taught them, let's say table manners or how to treat. Uh, I, I raised three daughters, and man, I, I would never, they were never allowed to stay seated when an adult came in the room. Uh, that, that wasn't allowed. You had to get up. All three girls, they know how to greet people, they know how to affirm seniors, they know how to hug gray headed women. And, and act beloved. Uh, they were taught it. They were shown it. And when they do it, I sit back and smile and say, this is the way you should treat people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think along with this equipping, in the midst of it, is uh, edifying. Uh, it, this equipping is, can you exhort me? Can you love me back? Uh, can you admonish me? Uh, can you bear with me? Uh, I've been trying to teach you we ought to forgive one another. And that, that when you get in a uh, laboratory where you get to live this out, uh, I've been in the seminary classroom eight, 14 years. So I know what it is to sit and hear good men, some boring, some not. But it's the local church where you get to live it out. It's the, my wife calls Valley Bible to her a laboratory of grace because we came from a stricter background 
and he throws us into a first-generation setting with the hippie era, the drug culture, totally a miles apart from how we grew up. Because uh, I grew up with Midwestern Oklahoma, strict conservative kind of people. And now I'm with people that said, if you had a flag in the building, we won't attend. Uh, anti this, anti. I mean, we were worlds apart. But we watched the grace of God teach to live godly and righteous. And so there's no credit to man. It's the credit. The church was the church. So I, I, I guess uh, to our listeners tonight who are listening to us, um, the question for you would be, as you, as you listen to Pastor Phil and as we discuss what it means to equip the saints, Here's my here's my question to you, and then uh, we can let Phil address it a bit more. Are you being equipped? Is this something that is happening in your life? Mm. Now, now, by equipping, I don't mean, oh, yeah, I attend Sunday school before church, and there we get further instruction on how to do things. When we talk about equipping here, and, and man, Valley Bible Church here in Hercules is, in my estimation, uh, as an outsider looking in, uh, has got this dialed in better than most because not only do you get the instruction uh, verbally on, uh, say, a Tuesday evening or a Thursday evening or, you know, a Saturday, but you're going to get instruction from men and women who will then turn around and live it out and show you by their actions, not just by their words. Yes. Which is a huge difference. So, again, my question to you is, dear listener, are you being equipped? Are you being, Do you know what it means to be equipped? Are, are you seeing it lived out? I I, I go back uh, here. The the so many of the young men that came, uh, either uh, they didn't have an affectionate home life, uh, one thing after another, and and God just left my own father with us maybe six months before he died, but. My dad was a six foot, two hundred twenty pound iron worker, but he would hug these guys because he'd been a Christian for you. They were used to that. I mean, it was like almost put off. Guess what? He taught them to hug. He taught them to ha- uh, that uh, brother to brother can have affection, family love, family affection. And I got pictures of some of these hippie like kids standing next to his bed when he's dying because they fell in love with the old country boy that taught him how to love. Taught him. My brother Paul, one of our deacons, said everybody I was working with was cheating on their wife. And so I, I was going through whatever, and I started working with your brother. And he told me, listen to me, I've been married to this woman 50 years I only slept with her. I, I, I married her when she's 15 and I'm 17. And I'm going to be with her till I'm 54 years in the marriage and I bury her. And he said, you don't get another partner. You don't get another woman. He said, and he said, through your brother's influence, I thought it's manly to be faithful to your wife. Mm. 
Mm. It's manly to be a one woman. He said, where did he get that? He didn't get that from some psychiatrist or, or psychology one. He got it by going to church with brothers and, and mixing. And not just a lecture. He didn't get it from simple lectures or reading a book. Over a sandwich, taking a break on a job. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is people living out their lives in Christ in front of others. Talk about a definition of equipping saints. <laughs> it's living it out, isn't it? it oh is. my! And 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 again, as I mentioned, you guys you guys have taken this real serious over the last several decades. You've been focused on equipping folks, and and you do. You've got the curriculum, you've got the direction, uh, you've got the schooling. But it's all, and again, I, I, I can't stress it enough, it's all backed up by men and women who are living out what they're teaching. And that's Practice the difference, it. isn't Show it? Show me how. Yeah. Show me how it works. Forgive me. Would you forgive me? Yeah. I, I'm in a church that doesn't forgive. What in the world? You're not... You're, you're seeing something that's going to come under divine discipline. Yeah. Because, uh, no, it, it, it's God's laboratory. I love what my old dad, I'm quoting too much about him, but he said to us kids, I don't care how small the crowd gets that loves Jesus and his word. I'm going to be in it. Mm. I'm going to look them up. And, and on vacation, he was always, and he'd go to some strange church, small. You know, they're small. They usually think something's got to be wrong with them. There's a reason they're small yeah. sometimes. But guess what? Loving to be with the saints, uh, man, you cannot become all that God wants. If he loves the church, hmm. why don't you? Don't you love what he loves? Our hearts should be tuned with his, that sympathetic string. Exactly. And, and we're an imperfect bride on this side of heaven. But uh, it won't be forever. No. On that side of heaven, things will be different. <laughs> we have to take another quick time out. And when we do, we'll come back and continue our look at the, the five E's of what makes up the church. We've seen exalting, equipping. We still have enfolding, enlist, enlisting, and evangelizing. And that's all coming up when we come back as Lifeline continues with Pastor Phil Howard. And now from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And Pastor Phil Howard, we are spending tonight discussing the church, what it is, who we are, why we do church, why we are church. And what it all means. And we've got five E's we're working off of, uh, exalting Christ, exalting the Lord. That's why we gather together. From there, it is to equip the saints. And then we want to move on to enlisting. But there's one final thought I wanted to touch on uh, before we move on to enlisting on this issue of equipping. Um, and it's an issue that I've noticed here in the last, it, it, it's really become prevalent. And we're kind of touching on this just before we got back on the air. And it's what I've, I've my term, for lack of a better term, and uh, I know we're KFAX, and I don't mean this to sound derogatory, but if the shoe fits, wear it. Um, I call it the K-Love theology, which really is no theology. Mm. We've got this idea that music is scripture. Contemporary music is directly from the throne of grace, and that's all the theology we need. Mm -hmm. And so we find a lot of these megachurches showing up, and it's all the K-Love music. 
It's all these current contemporary Christian songs, whether they are theologically accurate or not. And I, I can woefully say 95% of them are not mm. theologically correct, biblically correct. Mm. It's, it's what a friend of mine used to call mushy grace, if anything. How do you address folks who say, I'll, you know, I, I, I don't need any of that theology. I just love Jesus. Because that's what we have, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of it. Uh, well, That's not equipping. <laughs> no, no. Well, it represents uh, the disaster that one guy said the world uh, goes and hears a uh, Rolling Stone co- concert drink a little booze, have a little drugs, and then have sex. He said the only difference with the contemporary Christian community is the kids go, they may have a different diet, different things, still go and have sex. Yeah. Because it's not affecting their moral behavior. Uh, it it can't, I, I think it was John MacArthur who said, uh, you take away music, from much of what's going on in the contemporary culture, and uh, you'd have n- you'd have nothing, yeah. because it's not message, it's not a theology that you could identify, and to me, it's not preaching the word, it's not exhorting, rebuking, building up, and so that uh, I think we're always foolish to take our marching orders from what is currently popular. Right. Uh, we better do scripture, and that's why I feel myself uh, at my age and after years of being in the church, I can feel like an albatross in this new culture of church life that all of us older Christians are saying, what is happening? Yeah. What uh, that like the, the the fog machines and all of this? Are we that starchy? Are we that set? Say. It used to be a great hymn that we could all know. Right. Uh, I was just going through the hymn book last night and singing, and, and I was singing the song, Saved by His Power Divine, Saved by His Love Divine. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete, for mm. I'm saved, saved. Been in the hymn book 50 years. Why should it even be sung? Because it's true. Yes. It's true. And it's truth based upon Scripture, Scripture. Not, not based upon an emotional hiccup that I had the other day, and I figure, well, I better write about it, and because I'm a Christian artist, we'll make it Christian, and yeah. that'll be good. This is not equipping. No. It, you cannot equip with songs. No. I'm sorry, no, you, you can't. Cannot. You cannot. It has to be based in the Word of God. And, and I think what you'll get as we go through the rest of the evening tonight, everything we are talking about, is centered on, surrounded by, uh, and satellites around the, the the Word of God, doesn't it? The Word it? of God, the Word. If you don't have that, and that's what happened with us, our Tuesday night Bible study, which was basically systematic theology, uh, that we, to not lose it, we started a school for it because, and Valley Bible right now needs to start another lay institute because uh, I find out even just preaching does not equip the mind because preaching can touch the emotions and it can give you something. But to get it in you where you know it, own it, and can reduplicate it, you got you simply have got to train the mind. 
and the, the and this is where we're headed then to enlist because if it, if if equipping is done properly, uh, the fame will spread the flame, oh, as one Puritan beautiful. said. Beautiful. Um, and and that's really what we're talking about, isn't it? Yes. Once we've ign- through equipping, we have ignited people with the same fire that we have for Christ. That's right. That then enables them to go out and enlist, doesn't it? Enlist. And when we say enlist, we're really saying we're going to tell the saints who they are. Uh, We're going to tell them they've been gifted by the Holy Spirit. Some sphere of ministry that the Spirit wants to use them in unique and wonderful ways. And quit hogging the ministry pulpit preachers. Let's give it away. Let's give it away. Your equipping ministry is wonderful. Fine. Give it away. Uh, Show them how to uh, evangelize. Show them how to do methodical Bible study. Basic things. But, boy, you just come out of uh, darkness and the kingdom of Satan, and now you're in this new kingdom. Let's enlist you. And I think the goal is, it's not how many attend, it's how many who serve. Yes. It's not how many numbers. You can get numbers. And I must say the contemporary crowd do much better at it than some of us guys that would they say are old-fashioned because we're such strong Calvinists and sovereignty. We rest, God, you give the numbers, you give the increase. And sometimes you don't want to use that to be lazy. But ultimately, I trust God for the harvest. It is the it is the height of arrogance and pride for a leader to recognize the gifts that God has given somebody and put them on the sidelines because they're afraid of being overshadowed. Absolutely, absolutely. This is uh, like you said. This is about serving. We've we've got to tell these sheep that Jesus bought no less than with His blood. And, and don't take divine property and treat it cheaply. Mm. If you only knew, you know, the verse I was in the prayer meeting the other night, I was sharing, and I, I could weep if I allowed myself. He who spared not his son, will he not with him freely give yes. us all things? And said, you mean... Jesus died for you could just sit on a pew. No, no. Jesus no. died so you could just hear me all the time because I've got all the answers and I'm so gifted. Oh, anathema. No, he, he died and his role for me was to tell you that God wants to use you. I, I'm telling you, in our circles where I grew up, uh, there was so much personal touch. People, I remember when I was a young teenager, uh, we were in an old-fashioned revival kind of meeting, and the evangelist simply said, Son, it's obvious the hand of God's on you. That's all they said. Now I'm 15. I can't tell you what that meant for a boy that's uh, ninth grade, maybe uh, in puberty, trying to figure out, do I remain pure or not? trying to figure out girls, sexuality, all the temptations of youth. But then someone in an assembly meeting, 
God's got his hand on you. He's got to work for you, son. Be sure you you do it. I didn't even know what they're talking about. But see, I haven't forgot it. Yeah. See, you look back now and you see what that really meant, and it just blows you away, doesn't it? Think of how much discouragement there is. People saying you can't do it, uh, you're not capable, uh, and everybody is dying of lack of self-esteem because you can never up your own worth by consulting yourself. You can't. You need another voice. So in equipping to enlist and enlisting, what what I hope you're starting to see, uh, dear friend, tonight is this community that God has created and is creating and how everybody has a part. And it's vital and it's precious. It's our church. All right. Back to another time out. It just time flies. It really goes by here. So we're going to take another quick time out, pay some more bills, and Lifeline will continue with Pastor Phil Howard. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And Pastor Phil Howard, it is our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Truth For Today can be heard right here on KFAX. 5.30 Monday through Friday, 8.30 Sundays, 4.30 in the afternoon, and online at truthfortodayradio.org. And don't forget the podcast that you can pick up if you go to kfax.com. And you'll be able to listen to past programs there as well. So there you go. It's all it's all right there. It's, we've made it so easy for you to be encouraged, edified, challenged. Uh, was it convict the sinner, console the saint? Something like that. We're talking about the church tonight and what it is, what it is not, and why it's important that you be a part of it if you call yourself a believer in Christ. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. It just does not exist. No matter how much you want to try and convince yourself and others that you believe that way, I'm sorry, you're believing a lie. And I say that in love. I'm I'm not being condemnatory. Is that a word? Condemnatory? Sounds real good. I like it. I'll I'll submit it to Webster next week. So. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Okay. But the, the, yeah, Mike Mike's having way too much fun in Central Command. So we are talking about the church. There is uh, which uh, Pastor Phil showed us at the beginning of our time together how the Lord kind of led him to the five E's. Uh, what church is all about? The exalting of God the equipping of the saints, the enlisting of the saints once they've been equipped, uh, pretty much activating, right? Um, but then uh, n- number number four is enfold. Now, that's a unique word. and I, So clarify that for us. What does it mean to enfold? I think uh, that our meaning, your words take on meaning by usage. And I came up with that. Uh, term the Lord just impressed me is people can attend a church but what does it take for them to belong to that church and them to feel uh, they're included in that family if I'm sick would you show up Uh, would anybody care for me take care of the church of God over which he's made you overseers and uh, I think of a sister uh, that came to our church, and uh, she'd been missing quite a bit. And uh, I saw her at a drugstore, and uh, she was a sweet woman, everything. 
and I engaged Carl. I said, where have you been? I said, I, I'm, I missed you. And we were maybe at that time, I'd say we were maybe 300, 350. And uh, she said, oh, pastor, she said, I've been sick. She said, I, I've been having meals brought it to me. She said, I, she'd been sick for something like six months and everything. Uh, but she had quit coming to our church before this sickness. And then, then oh, I got sick. And I said, well, I thought you were going to. Well, I did, but then I got so sick. Uh, you know, I've been out. And I told her, I said, you know what? You want to know how that makes me feel? She said, no. I said, it makes me angry that we missed the opportunity to bring you soup, comfort, and assure you that God was going to get you through this and you robbed me of that opportunity because I thought, oh, you're down the road, finding another church, didn't like something here. But look, you were dying alone. And you're a sister. You're a precious sister. And I said, and I, I'm, I'm breaking down the drugstore. I said, I don't need you for another offering. I, I don't need you for an applause in the audience. I need you because God cares for you. I want you to belong. I thought you were enfolded in this church because as I went to a seminar talking about the front door of the church, what does it take to get people to visit you? What does it take for them to make that first entry? But then the seminar said, what are you doing to close the back door? If you're losing as many as coming through the front, you're not growing. You, you just you just you know shuffling people through because there's nothing to make them stick. There's no velcro in that church. Uh, how do they get uh, warmly received? How do the elders, the deacons, uh, hey, uh, is there a Sunday school class? Is there a smaller uh, maybe sphere of women's ministry? But you've got to be enfolded. You don't want to just come to a big meeting on Sunday, which is called celebration. you got to get into smaller congregational meetings, Sunday school. How can we organize? How can we be a small church in a big church? And that's what Criswell used to say. And, and before we continue on with this, let me just stop anybody who might be thinking, Oh, well, that's easy. We'll just, you know, the guy who does greetings at Walmart, we also have him at our church on Sunday. <laughs> this, we, we laugh about this, but this is not what we're talking about. Again, you've got to connect the dots and yes. follow the lines, yes. right? This is part of the equipping which enlists. And if that is happening properly... This enfolding is going to be a natural outwork of that, isn't it? Go. It, it? It's yeah, yeah. What are we doing? Uh, no, it's it's not getting the Walmart guy over. It's yeah. doing proper equipping. Well, it's like visiting churches that you're never greeted. You're never. We talk about cold churches. Uh, I have to say, with Valley, you can nearly get a body massage by the time you get in the main <laughs> meeting. Have been so. My brother Paul was was one of those people. Break a few bones just shaking your hands. He was yeah. so strong, but some way to warmly embrace. They called them the fit ministry, first impression team. Yeah. And I've seen some people 
uh, it looked like uh, the introduction to the book of Lamentations to meet them. (laughs) You know, uh, there was no joy. There was no, say, hey, get some of your warmest people to take a genuine interest. And if there's children that come and you can't kneel down at least to see them face to face. And this happened to Chuck and his family. When he came to this church, it was the way his little son was treated by the usher. They said, whoa. Uh, brother Paul. Oh, it was my brother Paul who taught me how to be an usher, <laughs> how to greet people, and uh, my, we need to become contagious. And and that's it. It's being contagious, being real with the faith you know to be true that God has brought salvation into your own life. People will spot a fake a mile away. They'll Every spot time. the Walmart guy. Well, we've got a lot yeah. of people they have been inoculated, but yeah. they're not infectious. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we need to get them infectious. Yes. <laughs> Start running the temperature. <laughs> Oh, it is it is that it is the love of God in Christ that constrains us that is going to keep that back door locked, isn't it? It's it's the truth, because uh, and we're not talking about living for numbers, but we're just saying and these five E's I found for members. uh, It's all the challenge I ever needed. And my uh, the goal was who heads up each E? to see that we're doing it because it's enough and i thought that's a reason i went to the elders i found my marching orders will you help me pursue these ease they said let's go for it god opened up property god opened up this and that but at least i knew why i was staying yeah see not whatever All right, well, that will take us to our very last segment and our very last E, which, in reality, if you've been tracking with us for the last hour and 45 minutes, we've been talking about that last one all along. Well, we haven't been talking about it as much as we have been expressing it. And we'll talk about that here in a few more moments. We do have to take our final time out here on Lifeline. We will be back as Lifeline continues with Pastor Phil Howard. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And Pastor Phil Howard, our final segment, and we are looking at the five E's of what makes up a church. And to review, that is, first and foremost, the church is there to exalt God. From there, uh, you go horizontal and we equip the saints. And then from there, that involves enlisting them to become equippers as well, so to speak. And then uh, we just wrapped up our our latest one, To Enfold, which means bringing them beyond attendance and into belonging, locking the back door, as it were, and making sure that the seats are well-established with Velcro and taking out any revolving door that may be in the front of your church. All of this feeds into and fuels that final E, which is evangelism. Evangelism. And let's just... Switch it to say uh, good news sharing. Do you have any good news to share as a Christian? And uh, I, I think uh, the last maybe two or three years in my life, I've never seen the church so splintered over non-biblical issues, uh, politics, politics, 
the ma- do we wear a mask? Do we not? Uh, are you violating scripture if you don't listen to the government over a mask? Do you get shots? How many shots do you get? How much? All of this has been the in-house talking. We've been straining at gnats and swallowing straining camels. Straining at gnats, and now it's the raising the interests and uh, uh, an economy that uh, doesn't seem to favor the uh, working man too much. We could stay on that political front, and everybody's become an expert on how the country ought to run. And said, have we lost our message? Uh, I don't care. You can be a Republican and go to hell. You can be a Democrat and go to hell. Uh, and I'm not wishing anyone to go to hell. The issue is somebody has got to give a good news message that what God has done to keep you from being lost, to change your status before him and say, I have a way to make you right before the judge of the universe. And it's wrapped up in this wonderful story. God would give up his son in order to save you from your sins. And it only takes you believing this message with all your heart. And you become his child and begin a new kind of life. That, that doesn't seem to be too complicated. I think I said that in less than a minute. Uh, but have you? they often say, be sure that the main thing stays the main thing. And uh, gospel, uh, this is called the gospel. And evangelism is sharing the good news of the gospel. And you know what? I remember Howard Hendricks telling the story uh, of a man that was uh, witnessing in front of a rescue mission in Houston, Texas. And he was a rather uh, sour kind of a personality. And he kept saying, come on in here. Come on in here. We, we, we've got good news. And it was very dreary the way he said it. And a guy asked him, he said, if I go in there, will it do for me what it's doing for you? And the guy said, oh, sure. And he said, no, man, I've got enough problems. <laughs> I, I, I don't need to get any more. And you know what? Nothing sells like a satisfied customer. Mm. And uh, I think... If you don't watch yourself, church life, you allow a critical spirit, maybe grudge-bearing, or someone you maybe not have forgiven, things begin to drain us, and we get over the good news because we're concerned about, did the choir sing what I want? Uh, Oh, they talk too much about money. Uh, You know, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, when do we share the good message and the good news? And it's every one of our responsibility and joy. It's it, Wouldn't it be wonderful if you were the one that could take the pardon to a prisoner sentenced to die and tomorrow at 12 o'clock you're going to be electrocuted. But the governor sent me with this message to say, you've been pardoned, your crimes have been paid for, and the government is willing to offer you a pardon. What about us? 
we've been called to be ambassadors and saying, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled. So it's a great message, and yet fear, timidity has attacked our hearts all the way through. But he gave the Spirit to overcome that. And the book of Acts is the proof that he could take 11 cowards that bailed out 40 days before and turn them into preachers that will preach until their martyrdom. But they could not be quiet about the good news. But, Phil, I, I can hear him. I can hear some of our listeners. Yeah, well, you know, I don't have the gift of evangelism. I'm not called to preach, and that's the preacher's job. We get that from the pulpit. That's supposed to be where evangelism takes place. I'm just trying to live my life. How do, how do you talk to somebody who, who believes that this is not their calling? And, and I, I would hint at the fact that, well, you may not have the gift of evangelism, but you certainly have the calling of ambassador. Ambassador. And he, he didn't say in Acts, and you shall be my preachers. He said, you shall be my witnesses. Can uh, I'm showing up in a case uh, next week in which I'm going to be a witness of a process of two that need to be reconciled. Now, God said we're witnesses of a resurrected Christ that changed us, that can change you. And um, uh, I, I, you're talking to someone in myself. I'm not an, a, I'm not an evangelist either. Uh, I love to exhort. I love to motivate. But... Uh, I share the good news because it is good news. And I tell you, I'm watching less news every day that I live. Uh, and I'm watching less TV. It's a waste of my life. Uh, hey, get, uh, and, I, and I don't spend my time with bad news people. Glorify yeah. God. Yeah. Because uh, we've got too much good to share to waste our lives being fed the negative. Well, again, as I mentioned, uh, the five E's of what makes up a church to exalt Christ, to equip the saints, to enlist the saints, to enfold the saints. You do all that, and if you've been listening to us for at least an hour or so, you'll know that we have been evangelizing throughout this whole process. As we have talked about those four, you will know that evangelism has taken place. Oh, that's it's, it's a natural extension. Don't feel like you have to take a class. You have to be equipped. You simply have to be obedient and available. Yes. Just available. Are you a believer in Christ? Do you know your sins to be saved? Well, they say it's overwork or overflow. There you go. And well, you want the overflow to be Jesus. The fame will spread the flame. And as you it. get As you God's get animated and excited, yeah? God's most glorified when we're most satisfied. There you go. God's most glorified when we're most satisfied. With all he's done for us in Jesus. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. It is uh, It is simply, you know, while we ate and drank our beer, said uh, uh, Luther. Luther, the word of God did it all. Spread across Germany. It is. And and he, he had this belief, by the way, of uh, the doctrine of vocation. Uh, which basically said that the woman milking the cow was bringing glory to God as much as the preacher was. Yeah, so right. what in whatever station you are experiencing in your life, you're still going to be about the glory of God. Amen. And it is our hope and prayer tonight, as you've spent time with us, that you will rededicate your life to do just that. Spend the rest of your life celebrating the glory of Christ and what he has done. 
and living your life out loud for the glory of Christ. Amen. Pastor Phil Howard, our guest tonight, myself, Andy Froyland, thank you very much, the guy with the engineer hat and the whistle over on the other side playing with those red and green buttons, Mr. Mike Matthews, thank you for engineering all of this, and then, of course, you yourself, our listeners, your ears, round out the trifecta. Thank you so much. Until next time, God bless. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.